0: Good morning. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Joining me today, uh, we welcome a regular panelist, Fraser Brown. Fraser, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. We also welcome, for the first time, uh, one of my favorite writers over at Kotaku, uh, reporter Evan Narciss. Evan, welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so, this morning we're going to be talking about a game that's a little bit off the beaten track for us, but I think it's still relevant to our interests, and one I think still definitely qualifies as a strategy game, uh, the, the strategy of survival, and that is This War of Mine, a game about uh, wartime survival. And, um, you know, to, to get us started off, uh, you know, Fraser, why don't you lead us in, what, what, what's, this, what's this game about, and what, what sort of stuff do you get up to in This War of Mine?
1: So it's a little bit like a void camp test, testing if you're still human, uh, after spending so many hours as hulking American soldiers saving the day, or as an armchair general distant from a war, um, because it puts you right in the middle, but as a civilian, uh, and it's bloody miserable. So it's a survival management game, Uh, where you are given control of up to, I think, five is the maximum group, as big a group of survivors as I got, but it might be able to go higher, uh, in one house, and you're really just finding food and medicine, the basic things to survive, eventually expanding and even building things like comfortable furniture and finding nice books to read to make things a bit nicer for everyone. Um, but in general, it's just about keeping alive against the odds, uh, lots of adversity, uh, lots of feels, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not very
2: nice, <laughs> it's very gloomy. I, w- I was really surprised at how grim it got, how quickly, like, you know, on day three, like, everybody was hungry, somebody was depressed, and, and I was like, wow, you know, guys, I, could I at least get a week to kind of get my, my, my bearings and figure out what's going on? They're like, no. It <laughs> doesn't no-
1: even give you a day. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that, and that's something that – uh, so my, my first run was actually a really um, distorting – uh, gave me a really distorted perspective on the game, uh, because I didn't know it, but I was having this completely blessed run, and I just had no idea, because it was my first time, so I, I didn't know anything was unusual, uh, so my, 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 first time, I, I actually, uh, went quite a while before anyone started getting depressed or sad, and I was kind of thinking, okay, it's just, yeah, it's, I just feed these people, and there's, you go scavenge, there's always gonna be food, um, you know it's it's cool uh so i'm doing pretty well i was like uh <laughs> i was sort of like the, the 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 king of the black market uh in, in this game for a while uh, i was basically running like rick's cafe american and casablanca or something um, <laughs> and then the thing, the thing that always gets me about this game and and, and maybe the reason uh why I, I have such terrible luck at it is that you never have a cushion Really. The game is very much designed to keep you from ever having a cushion. And what got me was, um, I made two mistakes I tunnel visioned so in this game you, you you repurpose items you find like scraps of wood mechanical parts you repurpose all this into more useful stuff and you can get some pretty advanced technology like um, sort of your, your own like homemade hydroponic vegetable garden um, you, you can make one of those but it consumes a ton of resources to get any sort of self-sustaining uh, equipment into your into your shelter so I tunnel visioned on a vegetable garden because uh, vegetables are incredibly valuable for stretching your food supply farther than it wants to go. Um, And I started scavenging like crazy trying to find gear for that. Um, And I spent probably a few days just frantically trying to gather up everything I needed to build that. Uh... But, in the meantime, the food supply just completely ran out, and I was like, okay well i'll just go I'll just go and go to these other locations uh Each location you scavenge at night is known for having certain types of equipment in in varying amounts and uh what got me was just as I was ready to start scavenging for food again, uh fighting swept back into the city uh, between the government and the rebels. It's kind of an, an, an un An unnamed conflict. It could be any number of conflicts. Uh, But fighting swept back into the city and cut off literally like half, three quarters of the locations I could visit. And what was left was stuff I'd already basically mined out, as it were. And so in the space of a couple days, like, I went from sitting pretty to everyone is starving, everyone is depressed. And once that happens... The game gets a lot less playable. Like your people do not handle well uh, once, like once they start to, I guess, like lose their faith or lose their will to live.
2: Yeah, it's. It, I had something similar where, like, a wave of depression hit my crew um, about halfway through a campaign. And one thing that they do in the game mechanically is, you know, one way to kind of stave off depression is to have. Your, your, your survivors talk to each other, but while they're talking to each other, they're losing time that they could be doing other things, you know, up, upgrading various components in the house uh, or, or, you know, uh, uh, just kind of feeding themselves or sleeping or resting. Like, so even that, even like the simple act of like keeping spirits up is, is pulling away from something else that you could be doing to survive a little bit longer.
1: Those spirit-lifting chats always cracked me up a little bit because they always they get down on one knee uh, and it's like hands on the shoulders. You can handle this. So you think it's it's like going to be like a brief chat, and then it goes on for three hours <laughs> before you know it. The day is gone, and, and and you get to the point very easily where every single one of your characters is depressed. Uh, because war is not very nice. So you can spend entire days with them just talking to each other, trying to make themselves feel better. Um, and it seems like a fool's errand, because you know that the next day something crap is gonna happen someone's gonna get ill they're gonna get raided someone's gonna be injured they'll be starving they won't have gotten a good night's sleep and they'll be depressed all over again uh it's constantly an uphill struggle and that entire time the game is finding new ways uh to limit you like uh rob you mentioned the the uh, the way that war can kind of sp- uh, or battles can spread and cut off places that you might uh want to visit and it's just it, it every single day int- seems to introduce some sort of new horror for the survivors so they're never really going to stop being depressed. I think you can even start out with depressed characters. I'm not sure, I think there's, there's like a random element to like how characters are feeling at the beginning of the game. So sometimes you get, might get a character that is already very hungry or very sad or something like that. So right from the get-go, there are things that are gonna make it very difficult for you to progress.
0: Yeah, there's definitely um, there's a lot of randomness in this game, and it ends up making it uh, fairly fairly replayable. Like I, I have the each run seems to have its own uh, challenges and circumstances. Um, like at, I had one game start in the dead of winter uh, with snow coming down outside the shelter, and uh, a couple elderly survivors uh, li- living together in this in this wintertime uh, hovel, and. To its credit, the game at least gave me a heater. I didn't have to build one myself, so it wasn't immediately like you know throwing me, uh, throwing me to the wolves. But at the same time, it was winter, and I had two old people trying to survive a war. Uh, that was not a good run. That things did not things did not go well there. Uh, but you, you you see a lot of the same locations again and again. It's all done this um this this two D. Side-scrolling perspective, and you'll 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 sort of explore a lot of these same locations over and over again uh, in in different games, but the circumstances are different each in in each game. There's like various events that can be happening at each location. Like um, a good example, I think, would be um, you know the grocery store. Uh, in sometimes you'll go there, and there's some militia members just picking over it. And one of them will come up to you and be like, "Hey, man, it's cool. There's plenty of stuff here. We can we can get along. No need to fight." Uh, but another time, I I go there and I'm picking through the rubble and I overhear a soldier, um, you know, ginning himself up to uh, assault a woman. And at that point, like, do you intervene uh, or do you just take what you need and go? Um, and if you intervene like there's a good chance well he's an armed soldier and you you're a guy with a shovel how's that how's that going to work out for you uh, and it can work out a few different ways uh, but but each time you play it's it's throwing different uh the, the challenges are, are sort of tweaked w- for each run which which um, makes it a surprisingly replayable uh game uh despite uh d- despite sort of the the limited sets it uses
2: yeah it's it's surprisingly replayable because you know, it's really depressing, as we've all said. You know, like it's, it's yes, mechanically there's variety in each time, but you know, emotionally, it's like you have to really steal yourself before you you jump back in. Um, the the scenario you mentioned with the woman being assaulted or or implicitly assaulted anyway happened to me, and I felt terrible because I just I I basically let it happen, and uh, then. Uh, you, when I got back to the shelter, the, the Katya, the person who I had scavenged, scavenging that night, um, was like super, super depressed. And and it, it just felt terrible, you know, like there was another factor in my decision was since I was using a woman character to scavenge, would she herself, you know, fall prey to the same kind of thing? I And I was like, you know what, I, I need you. So, you know, while probably in the real world, I would try and stop such a thing from happening like in this game i need you to get these supplies back to the house and and so those other uh, people can live but it was it was really really grim and i thought well done you know it's just like it, it wasn't so like over to the top where you would roll your eyes at it you're like okay this might be how something like this happens which you know is it, all to the credit of the guys at the 11-bit for for how they executed that
1: it's a bit of a lose-lose situation, really, when when you kind of have an opportunity to defend someone, but it means you'd need to to kill someone because uh, you know as Evan, you said, you didn't and Katia was depressed because of it, but if she had actually defended the lady and, uh, and killed her attacker, she would have also probably been a little bit gloomy as well, because getting blood on their hands kind of upset survivors, because none of them are, are, are fighters, they're things like TV chefs or athletes or retired people and stuff like that, they're not you know, battle-hardened soldiers who are used to seeing death every day. This is very much a new uh, and very harrowing experience for them. Uh, So you never really, there's never really a right choice. You're just always trying to minimize the damage. You can never really stop it from happening.
0: I did have a run where I killed that soldier with a shovel. Um, Came up behind him and just clubbed him to the ground and uh, killed him. And I think it was Katya as well. <clears throat> that did it. That actually turned out to be what, what happened for me there was uh, it, it was kind of a win win. Uh, first of all, I got a working assault rifle and a load of ammo. Off the, uh, off the guy, which is really good for being able to defend your shelter, right? Like if you have that and you boarded up uh, all the gaps in your shelter, uh, you can survive raiding pretty well if you if you're also armed. Uh, but the but the other thing is the the reaction at that point was uh, among all the characters is like, well, it was it was tough that we had to kill that person, but. We're glad we were able to do some good. We were glad we were able to save that woman, and so things like that can can lift morale. But I've also seen cases where I've I've had ju- what I thought was justified violence, and the character who was put in that position just psychologically is just devastated by having to do it. I I had a game where um where uh, this, this ex soldier who was just trying to sort of move on with his life, uh, Roman I think, um, he. Had to kill some. Yet, uh, he yet he, he, he was he was raiding a uh, bandit warehouse, and he had to kill a couple of the uh, bandits because he got caught. So he, he shot and killed them, and took a lot of valuable supplies and, and ran home. Uh, but when he got back. Um, he was just psychologically destroyed because the, in the little you get these little notes in their character biography about what the, what their state of mind is, and Roman dropped like straight to depressed, and I think a day day later he was uh, broken. At which point he was completely unusable, uh, and the reason was he just didn't want to be fighting or killing ever again. And I'd sort of put him in this position where he had no choice but the toll for doing that was basically i lost i lost roman um and that set a chain reaction up because depression seems to spread like a disease in the shelter um and once once he got depressed like i could not bring him back in the game um before other characters also started to uh to to break down and and one thing one element behind this i think is you know, when things are going well, there's a lot of things your characters can do without. Um, like, characters are coffee drinkers, they're smokers. And my reaction at first was like, you know, look, Bub, like, it, it's war. You can you can live without your smokes. Like, you're going to make it. Uh, I need these for trade. But when things start to get dire... The importance of these little creature comforts and luxuries uh, and vices completely changes. Like, suddenly, once characters are starting to feel a little bit down, the fact that nobody has cigarettes or nobody can get a cup of coffee becomes a ticking time bomb in your group.
2: I had the same thing with um, with uh, one of my crews, and it was like, all right, fine, the booze that I, I I should be saving for barter, I'll give to you just to keep your spirits up. Um, it's funny that you mentioned being broken because my first instance was that um, I was down to one survivor, and he quickly became broken. And uh, my first time with that, I was clicking on him, trying to get him to do something—just get out of bed, you know, you know, eat some food. Maybe somebody else will show up and give you a hand. Uh, and and, he, and and that did not happen. And he wound up killing himself the next day. Um, and yeah, it, it, I was like, whoa, that that's heavy. I mean, again. You know, certainly within the realm of believability, but I was really surprised that, like, you know, from like a game design perspective, that that there's no allowance for like kind of regrouping and trying to trying to make the best out of that bad situation. They're like, yeah, no, this guy's done. So there is there is no best. There is no uh 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 you know redemption. He's 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 done, and you're done, and start over.
1: I think it it makes sense though. I mean when you're down to, you know, one character and they're and they're broken, there's no support network for them. They've gone through hell and there's no one to talk to, no one to help them. It's just them and that's even even worse and there's just no way to get out of that that slump uh, because even they, they you know a broken character is is catatonic. Uh, So they can't even feed themselves. So other survivors need to actually bring them food and feed them, which I thought was a very nice touch. Um, So if if they maybe can't spend the time to talk to this person, try and bring them back from the brink, because that takes just so long, then they can at least give them food and and keep them alive, basically. Um, Or at least, I mean, but that doesn't even necessarily mean they will stay alive, because even if they get food, they might just hang themselves. uh, Which is obviously... which then makes it even worse, because then you're making all the other survivors depressed as well, because they've just seen their their friend dangling from the ceiling, which is never a pleasant sight.
0: Yeah, and I think credit has to go out to the art and music here. I, I love the desaturated, almost like pencil sketch quality of the of the artwork in this game uh at times the game's almost black and white with just little splashes of color here and there and you can see the uh little sketch marks uh on, on the characters it gives it this like grainy um grainy kind of well despairing quality uh it sort of it sort of enhances that feeling and um evan you you, called, you mentioned uh, the last of us in your review which uh definitely jumped out at me as well i'm not crazy right this this game is definitely taking some music cues and even ui cues uh from the last
2: of us i think it, the the kind of sound design and the music Um, Definitely reminded me of The Last of Us. I mean, my mention of The Last of Us was more of like a psychological, you know, um, um, similarity in terms of like the sense of powerlessness. And you're not going to become like this uh, ultra competent, like multi-skilled warrior by the end of the game. You're just trying to get through uh, but yeah, I think I think um, musically it reminded me of, of The Last of Us a lot. A lot of guitar music, sad, lonely guitar music, and a lot of ambient sounds kind of creating a mood of a place um, um, at times, too. Um, one, one thing I thought uh, really stood out from the presentation was the animation. You know, like this is a side, a, a game shot from a 2D perspective and um, one that could... Uh, you know, have, lose a lot of details depending on how you present the game, but I thought, like, the little animations and, um, you know, even some of the, the the background art really helped the game uh, to feel like it was had a real sense of place, that this was a place that used to be kind of probably uh, awesome-looking, beautiful, and now just a series of bombed-out environments. I, I like that a lot. There's
1: some nice touches that, that add to that as well, um, because while characters are kind of blank slates, they have a little bit of backstory, a vice, and uh, some skill with something like bargaining or running. Um, but generally, they're kind of there for you to kind of put your own feelings and, and thoughts about the experience into. Um But as they're kind of scavenging, they'll they'll come across places they remember from before the war and they might say a little bit of something about that. And it it just adds a sense of place and it makes the the characters feel like they're actually from there and they're not just people that cropped up in the middle of the war. Because, of course, this happens actually quite well into the war, even though it starts and it says day one. That's just... You know, day one of the game but day one of the war is is long past so the places that they're going to are are completely bombed out and destroyed which you know and then you know they might go to a park and talk about when they played there as a kid but now there is like a dead body in the corner and there's fire in the background and smoke everywhere um, it really just kind of emphasizes how far things have, have fallen
0: yeah, there there are a couple really vivid locations. Like each location kind of tells a bit of a story, right? Like you've got um, what they call like Sniper Alley or Sniper Junction. Um, yeah, Sniper got, Junction. Yeah, it's a really cool sequence, right? Where like there's this there's this broad thoroughfare that's surveyed by this hotel. You see in the distant background, uh, you, you see this hotel looming over the street, and every five seconds or so, a sniper round, uh, comes in. And if you're caught in the open, uh, the sniper will see you and kill you. Um, But in the meantime, there's like, you know, burned out buses and like destroyed armored vehicles Um, in another location has an apartment with, you know, a couple of families, corpses littering the floors um, and a TV flickering uh, on static in the background. Um, At least they have electricity. So that's cool. Um, But, you know, day one seems to reflect like day one of complete social collapse. And this uh this is something I want to talk to you guys about. Uh did you guys see on on um Rock Paper Shotgun the other day? Uh someone showed up who was actually a um who actually lived in Sarajevo during the uh the Bosnian War. And that person sort of gave their take on what this game gets right and, and gets wrong. Did uh, did any of you see that?
2: Yeah. I, I did not. Somebody, somebody uh linked me to that in a Twitter conversation between Myself and Chris Person um, at Kotaku. Yeah, so I did see it, Rob.
0: Yeah, and I was sort of struck, and this tracks with some other things that, that that I've read and heard. This person said it's it's kind of crazy that this game's depiction of, uh, he, he read it, like, th- this person completely read it as a game about the, the Bosnian War, which the, the developers at 11-Bit have said, not really, this is kind of a general conflict, though they looked at Bosnia uh, pretty extensively, uh, Bosnia and Kosovo. Um, but the 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 argument this person made was that this is simply the the idea that there's these armed bandits running around uh raiding people's houses uh the fact that you're scavenging and ripping people off at night uh the fact that you have a a social breakdown of of this magnitude uh struck this person as as really unrealistic that in their experience in Sarajevo during the war um you know, the the people trying to kill you were, were, you know, the soldiers and the militias outside the city. Uh, but in the city, everyone was kind of in this together. There's a weird feeling of camaraderie and, um, you know, and, and, and public spiritedness in some ways. Uh, and the authorities did keep a lid on a, a lot of looting. And that just got me thinking, like, it made me realize this game is definitely making... It's definitely a game about full social collapse. And I'm not sure that is maybe that's a little too cynical for the subject matter. I don't know. what do, What do you guys think of that?
2: Well, i read I read that account on um, on RPS, and and not to not to discount the guy's experience or what he's saying. Uh, I read it and thought, okay, well, it's great that your life experience was not as bad as was portrayed in the game. But the game is not a documentary. It's not meant to, you know, accurately represent real-world events. It's it's meant to use those real-world events as a jumping board for design ideas, with the larger goal of, you know, creating a mood or feeling, sending a message about, you know, whatever it is the developers want to do. And I thought they did that. Um, I, you know, uh, uh, I also think that, you know, with, you know, thousands. Of years of, of of armed conflict, you know, hun, you know, about a hundred years of modern armed conflict, you know, that 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 from what I know of, of, of that kind of really tortured history, that the stuff they presented in the game wasn't too far afield; it wasn't that unbelievable, you know. Like uh, there have been places where survivors have acted, you know, altruistically and 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 positively in the middle of a war, but there have also been places where they haven't, you know, they've, they've, they've been crappy to each other, they've, they've lied and stealed and raped and, you know, and, and, and people do that too. So I think, you know, uh, uh, as kind of the first of its kind of a game that's showing what civilians are like during wartime or what civilian life can be like during wartime, I think it's perfectly fine to, for them to Fictionalize, uh, fictionalize the 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 stuff that happens in order to to create a kind of um, uh, impact for the player.
1: Yeah, obviously the the developers have kind of you know turned everything up to eleven. It's the worst possible situation for these survivors to be in. It's not your average war. It's a war that has gone on that has completely devastated this city and led to it completely collapsing. And it's it's not really civilization anymore. It's just people trying and not doing very well to, to, to survive. Um, so I don't think you can expect it to be exactly accurate to, to how it was in, in Sarajevo or indeed any other war. It is just, it's a fictional war that is meant to capture all of the worst bits from all sort of, of, of modern warfare, um, from the civilian's point of view. Um, but I can I can understand someone's desire as someone who's experienced something, um, maybe not similar, but in, 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 in the same event where there's a, a war and they're just they're stuck in the middle. I can understand why they would want to express their own experiences and say, well, it wasn't actually like that. It, it's good to have the realistic perspective to maybe ground. What we've experienced in the game, because most people playing the game will not have experienced anything remotely like that in their lives, and they're very lucky for it. Um, so, so, yeah, it's int- I'll have to give the comment a read. it's yeah. quite interesting.
0: Yeah, it's just you know, it struck me, and I, I agree. Definitely, there, the, the, I'm sure there are wars where things get this dire. I mean, there have been like where, so, like, where you have a complete breakdown of authority. And supplies do run desperately low, um, but the, the, what, what it's just what what made me think about was, I, I I sort I I sort of feel like we we have this general expectation in in a lot of games that like a lot of green games portray. Societal breakdown in in this similar manner, right? Where it's like, well, no government, time to start the looting, and pillaging, um, and and this this isn't quite this isn't quite that cartoonish. Uh, it definitely feels a lot more grounded than that. Uh, but it, but it is interesting that like even here, you you still got a fairly. Dark view of humanity and what sort of ordinary people uh, will do when when put in these in these circumstances uh, that said I, I think the game's focus on sort of maintaining your character's humanity uh rescues it from that, right? Because it's not actually just a survival simulator. Uh because your care you can do things to keep your characters alive that your characters will not want to do. They will not they they won't let you survive by any means necessary. There's there's lines they will draw and if you force them to cross it, uh you will lose those characters uh in some way, which which I really like. And you know it's interesting. Right after I read that comment on RPS, I was playing this run um, in in this war of mine, and I had an elderly, a pair of elderly teachers, a professor and a school teacher, and they were they were living together in in their in their shelter, and um, every couple days someone came by and just gave me supplies, uh, just showed up and knocked on the door, I was like, hey, do you do you need this? And it was like a half a dozen vegetables. Uh, a couple days later, it's like, hey, do you guys. Do you guys need medicine? Here, have a pile of medicine. Uh, and it was this. It, it was this weird, like it was, it was kind of this. This interesting, like other other side, where like on this on this particular game, uh, suddenly all my neighbors, like it was, a, like it was, it's a wonderful life, were showing up and just dropping off uh, supplies that I desperately, desperately needed.
2: That's it, that's that's amazing. That's not. I'm jealous of that run. Can I just say that? Like that. <laughs>
0: I felt like I felt like I'd hit a slot machine, right? Like when people show up and just give you medicine cuz in this game medicine is one of the hardest things to find and one of the hardest things to replace and it's an incredibly valuable barter item and to have someone just show up and be like, "Hey, um, just got some medicine from the UN or something. Do, do, do you want some?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I do. Thank you." <laughs>
1: I mean, we're talking about a city where bandages are worth more than guns. Uh, you can trade like three guns and do like, yep, yeah, that's enough for one bandage. <laughs> it's a it's a very unusual economy, um, and different. There's like actual differences in in uh, cost of things as well because you get um, the first opportunities to to get new items without scavenging um, at least if you're not getting given gifts because you're elderly uh, it comes in the form of like a, a wandering trader, like a door-to-door salesman but his uh, prices are inflated because of the the risks that he takes every day, getting to where uh, you and other people live and, and, and it's in the middle of the day as well, which is uh, the game shows is the most dangerous time as well, it's the time you, you don't want to be outside um and when you get to the the market it, the prices are are very different so it actually simulates you know how much this would cost in this situation opposed to another which i thought was quite interesting so it makes the trader quite an expensive man to bargain with <laughs> yeah it's um Although he's convenient because see, he, like
0: he's, he Comes brings right it to, to your the door. door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, There's no, uh, you don't have limited inventory slots you have to <clears throat> and deal it with. happens you know, in. in the
1: daytime as well, so it doesn't take up any of your time either. Yeah, um, and he has a good, you know, selection. I mean, it's definitely uh, helpful. But there's, it, but as with every single thing in the game, there's always some sort of risk or downside um or at least you know even and even when something doesn't have a risk or a downside you're just waiting expecting something bad to happen oh yeah uh, you, you never really get to to relax at all but there're still I don't want to give the impression that the game doesn't have kind of uplifting moments uh there's the stuff you said Rob about community and people coming together and giving your elderly couple food um and on the other side of things uh when you're survivor uh one of your younger survivors can go out and 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 help people that come to the door um i remember quite acutely when two children appeared um looking for medicine for their for their sick mother and i had uh, very little medicine left and i had two sick survivors and despite the fact they were children I, i turned them away and i i felt really really bad about that and i kind of uh, wondered, you know, what's going to happen to these kids if, if their mum's sick? And then they return a couple of days later and the, the sickness has gotten worse and their mum is now on death's door and needs to be taken to hospital. and They need someone to, to carry her. Um, oh, wow. And I decided, yeah, I'm going to do it because obviously I was guilty as hell after turning them away the first time but also I kind of I rationalized it, I I, I brought reason into it, I'm not giving anything up that I, I feel I couldn't sacrifice, like it was Pavel who uh, who seems to be the hero of all of my uh, runs when I have him Pavel's a legend um, I could have felt he would feel more like going out and helping them than giving up something that could help his friends so he denied the the medicine because it might have meant his friends would die but this time he's happy to risk his own life um so you kind of inject this kind of personality and morality into these characters because it feels right because you do get to know them a little bit um even if the game tries to keep it quite vague um so that was i kind of felt and and uh, the Good part of the story is they, the woman survived. She or or at least we got her to the hospital, and Pavel survived. So whatever happened, he didn't die. And that's the important thing. That's a success in this war of mine. You go out and do something, and you come back. You've won.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: and you can you just you can cook meals for people, and and you know people just be sitting around and reading and having a smoke and eating their food, and it's like just for this really short space of time the war seems a little bit further away than it did before and that is that's very precious i think
0: yeah those those weirdly idyllic moments at the shelter uh started to mean a lot to me where there's food enough food to cook a meal for everyone and the night crew is sleeping upstairs and someone's reading in a chair and reading a book Uh, and another person is, you know, just making up some food for everyone, and the radio's on, and it's playing some classical music, and it's like, you know, it's like those moments I started to really treasure, because it was like, it was a break for my characters, but it was also just mentally a little break for me. It's like, okay, for the next, like, all the chores are done, for the next, like, for this one day, things are on track, and we're going to be okay. And I started to really uh, treasure those moments because I understood later how few and far between they are. Uh, uh, like, have you guys survived the war? Because I'll be honest, um, most of my ru- all my runs uh, have ended in death and despair at some point. I I, I have yet to break the uh, the one month mark.
1: I am. Um, I think it was still in beta when I survived the war, or maybe just after launch. I'm not sure. But every run since then has ended. In uh, tragedy, uh, I've just—it's—I it, don't think it's that the game is is unfairly difficult. I think it's that it's trying to point out that yeah, sort of you know the odds are stacked against you from the get go. Completing the game isn't necessarily winning the game by waiting out the war. Each uh, each game is its self-contained story, and just because you have lost all of your survivors, that doesn't mean you failed the game. That's just their story is is done in this universe, really, um, and I never kind of felt. I mean, obviously, when you know, if everyone dies, hanging themselves, getting shot, it's it's depressing as hell. But it never felt like, oh, I I wish I could go back and fix this because that was their story. It became almost like canon.
2: Yeah, I haven't survived the war. Um, You know, the the, the thing I keep coming back to with this game is that um, it's tough on you as a player. It's hard to constantly kind of psych yourself up for the amount of stuff you have to do in the game just to make it to another day. You know, like, I, I, I have a run that's paused right now at like, I think day 12 or 14 and I'm, I'm, I'm scared to go back. You know, I'm like, I know I have depressed people waiting for me. I have, um, you know, no no medicine. I've got, uh, uh, you know, a little water filtration system that's, that needs to be upgraded. And I have all this stuff to do. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) no matter what I do, these people still may not make it. So, um, Um, But, again, the the desire to kind of see this thing through. And, um, you know, I want to know what the quote-unquote happy endings look like in this game because God knows I've seen enough misery. I would like to see what it's like (laughs) when, when people get reunited or whatever.
0: I was reassured when... You know, I googled, has anyone survived this war of mine? And I find the Steam thread, where there's a lot of people asking, like, is this game even winnable? And eventually someone's like, yeah, I made it, like, 45 days and survived the war. Uh, so it seems to, the, the game seems to end between 45 and 60 days. Um, which is just an unimaginable distance uh, for me at this point. Because, again, like, if, I, if I've made it, like, my, my best run it was in, like, the high 20s. Um and the idea of making it 45 or or 60 even just seems impossible. But, um, yeah, it definitely seems like a game that's not... Un- and this is, this is, I think, important, right? So many games, the idea is to beat them. The idea is to figure out the system. Okay, here's, here's what you have to do. And if you do these things, you will survive and you'll, you will have success. And so you end up with this weird... This weird video game sense of of justice and how the world works, which I think can actually be empathy-destroying in some cases, and could have been here. If this game were something that you could just figure out and learn how to play the system, and you basically turn Surviving This War into just a game of pure skill, and... If you die, it's just because well, you know, hey, these people sucked at surviving a war. The kind of gut was coming to them. Um, it, it, you know, it kind of reinforces this idea of well, it wouldn't happen to you, player, because you're of course clever and smart, and you wouldn't be a helpless victim in this situation. Uh, what, what this game never does, this game never pulls that trick. This game is always yeah, there are things you can do that are smarter. There's things you, you can get better at playing it. You figure out the barter economy a little bit better. Uh, you figure out how to you know rotate between locations and uh and 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 what supplies you you how to plan for the long term and the short term but the thing is there's so much randomness in the system there's so many things that can go wrong that there's always going to be this element of luck in this game you can do everything right and unfortunately a combination of a bad night of scavenging And a bandit raid means that within three days, everyone was starving and on the brink of death. And you couldn't, it was a tailspin, you couldn't save it. Uh, I actually really, as frustrating as that can be in some ways as a player, I kind of like the game never flinches from that. That that I can't
1: can't just find an optimal path to survive the war. It's, It's quite bold, I think, because it's everything that we've been taught a game shouldn't be from you know from just playing games for so many years it's not empowering um it's not obvious how you win and you never really win either um i mean even you see the war is end and there's a happy ending but you've gone through so much trauma by then that you know none of the people none of the survivors that have kept going are you know going to come out of it happy people in the end Um, And it just it feels like a constant uphill struggle or almost Sisyphean, you know, because every time you get a little bit further and do something that you're happy with, something comes along and just it's like a boulder just rolling over you. Uh, It's horrible. And it's just not it's not a fun or enjoyable game to play, but it is absolutely fascinating. Um, I think it's going to, that sort of thing, I d- definitely will put people off. I think one of the first comments I I got on, on my review was that uh, it was someone saying that, that they'll just not play this game, that it sounds really interesting, but they play games to escape from negative things. So they, they you know, obviously they want to be the hero and they want to feel powerful and awesome. And this game is all about taking power from you completely. You're you're at the mercy of, of random factors, um, usually stacked against you. Uh, and I, I can understand why someone would not want to sit down after a hard day of work. Maybe they've just gotten chewed out by their boss and they're in this post-apocalyptic war-torn city where everyone's dying and suicidal that's not a fun evening at all. Uh but I think it's 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 a little bit of a more mature way to to look at what a game can be. It can be really horrible and harrowing. Uh and it it, it does it really well.
2: Uh yeah, Fraser, I think you, you you said a lot a mouthful there. But yeah, no, it was I mean it it's uh uh the kind of game where um, it makes you think about the kind of person you are, even if you are making these choices in a um, relatively uh, sealed vacuum right it's a game that these aren't going to have repercussions on how people look at you in the real world. but it still makes you think like, okay, how um, do I navigate uh, these kinds of choices um, in my actual life? you know like if I see a homeless person on the street, you know and um, do I give them a dollar? Do I think, hey, that's one less dollar that I have? You know, um, do you give somebody a seat on the subway? You know, even though you're tired. I mean, again, these are very small everyday choices that you can do during your life. But um, there, there's the same kind of uh, element of sacrifice um, um, for some kind of greater common good. That are, that are, and these are the kind of things that are blown up in the game, you know? Like, and, and it, that's all too rare in video games, you know? You don't get a lot of games that make you think about you know, how you treat people, how people treat each other, um, what we owe each other, if anything, how to make a communal situation better, um, when is it worth making it worse. Um, so that's the kind of thing that this game does, I think, really, really well.
0: Yeah, and, you know, even when games often do touch on stuff like that like how do we treat each other it can be in a weird transactional way right where like it can be sort of the bioware model where well if you're good to me i will do you a favor later in the game or i will have sex with you or something like that but there's (laughs) but there, there, there there's in these moral universes where every action does have a reaction that virtue does have a reward it has to be paid back some way and this is a game where yeah it's 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 completely just turned back on you um if you give you know if you give someone medicine chances are they're not going to give you anything ever you know what i mean like they, like nobody has the capacity to pay each other back in this in this game but what does that mean to you what does that act of charity mean to you what what are you willing to give up to help help out a stranger and I found it kind of affecting that my characters sometimes had different answers than I did. Um, I When I first got to the game, I played it as kind of a selfish, you know, every man for himself uh, kind of player. And my characters were not having that. Like when I'm, you know, when I'm turning the kids away, whose who's mom is sick, um, or when I'm When I'm breaking into an an old folks' home and just like just looting their kitchen in front of them while they beg me not to take what they have, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Well, I'm starving. I got to do this. I got no choice." Uh, But then I get back, and you know, my character's just devastated by that. And they don't see the necessity, you know. To me, it's like well, it was clear. Like I needed it, and this is this is what I had to do. And my characters, you know, kind of shamed me in this regard because maybe the necessity was there, but could we made could we have made it another day? Could we have, could we have tried to find another way to feed ourselves? Um, you know, that is an open question. And having them react so terribly to, you know, ter- turning the theft and uh, stealing from people who needed these supplies. Was uh, was really one of those moments that, um, you know, kind of caught me off guard uh, in a really in a really delightful way, uh, you know. And the other day, I was uh, I I sort of I was it was the middle of a long run. I'm playing it all morning, and I I decide to uh, go out and make myself some coffee in the kitchen. And you ever have those moments where your head hasn't fully left the game, and so you're still using game logic as you're going around your apartment, like. <laughs> You ever ha- you ever have that
1: happen uh, when I'm very uh, immersed in a game sometimes a little bit not to the point where I'm seeing like a health bar in the corner no no hand, no but, but, but just like but, you have expectations
0: yeah. based on what you just done exactly. in the game and I went out to the kitchen and I had this brief like panic I was like oh God we don't have coffee there's no coffee anywhere. And I open the cupboard and there's the the, there's the jar with the there's the jar with the coffee and the, uh, you know, and then I'm like, okay, and the oven's going to turn on and it works. And it and it was this weird moment of like uh, a relief that I wasn't actually in this dire situation um, of of not having coffee. (laughs) Uh, But but also that it it was it was one of those moments that like this game made me a little more reflective of like, you know, Dear God, the things you take for granted day to day that are necessary to survival are necessary to sort of keeping your spirits up. And, you know, for us, all those needs are met. Um, but, it, it sort of made me more, more aware of the fact that, like, the minor miracle it is to have all those needs met, to, to not be in panic all the time about these, these basic things, like how you're going to heat your food to eat it, um, where you're going, you going to find, uh, you know, coffee to get you through the day. Um, it, it was, you know, this, this game had sort of gotten in my
1: head, uh, you know, pretty thoroughly uh, the other day. I certainly uh, came to appreciate my cigarettes a lot more. Every time I smoked, I just thought back about like, poor, poor Bruno, the, poor the Bruno. ex-TV chef. I love Bruno. He's brilliant. He's uh, miserable and slightly useless. But uh, uh, yeah, every, every single day he's always like, oh, I wish I had a cigarette. And I'd be smoking a cigarette and I'd be like, I wish I could give you this cigarette, Bruno. <laughs> I really do. Uh, but instead, I just, I enjoyed it for the both of us. Um, but it's kind of interesting how all the luxury items like like cigarettes and, 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 and things like that, they will just use up on their own. you don't uh, it's not like food where uh, you have to tell them to go and make dinner and stuff like that. They'll just sit down and, and have a fag um, and that'll kind of relax them and make them a little bit more chipper. But so you don't really have control over, over their consumption of some things, which makes it all the more challenging. So like sometimes you'll see a character go and have a cigarette and you're like, that's our last cigarette. And you get <laughs> you a, a little bitch. bit angry with them. Yeah, and We could have bloody traded that cigarette for something and then you have to have smoked it.
0: <laughs> um so we're, we're wrapping it up here a bit uh but before we before we go it's we're, we all pretty clearly enjoy the game and i think all got a strong recommendation uh from us i'm reviewing it for ign and it's filed not published yet but uh it's going to be a positive review um so we've we've all recommended the game so I, the last thing i wanted to tackle was just that thing you brought up a few minutes ago fraser where you had someone just chime in and be like i, I play games for escapism uh th- this game doesn't doesn't really do it for me and uh i don't know i just kind of i'd be curious to like how do you guys react to react to something like that what do you say to that person who hears about this game and and thinks well that sounds way too depressing for me to handle um how do you guys respond to that
2: so um a few years ago i went to IndieCade um in california and i saw paolo Pedrocini uh speak he's the guy behind mola industria um it's, it's kind of a, a one-man game development um studio who uh always tackles uh politically like charged subject matter he made um phone story a couple years ago which was a game about the the kind of reprehensible labor practices that make a lot of modern consumer electronics available uh, available to us um he also made a game about the second amendment where everybody's running around shooting each other and you, and you can't win because everybody <laughs> has guns um, and he, I'll never forget this, he had a line um, in his presentation about freeing uh, video games as a medium from the tyranny of fun, you know, the idea that game experiences just need to be fun, just need to be ex- uh, kind of like uh, uh, a naked escapism and, and, and not much more else, you know. Um, and this is, you know, uh, uh, a very, this is a game I think that uh, goes a long way towards um uh, executing that idea of freeing games from the tyranny of fun because it is um not fun to play I mean just that's a very basic point um but also like it, it explores an idea in a way that uses game mechanics you know um it's a it's a, a you know a socio-political idea about what war dusta is and you, you know it it it, it may be um, kind of shallow in how it does that, in terms of, like, you know, it's not showing you the war and the forces that created the war and the actual fighting of the war. It's giving you a very small, specific uh, a, a focal point of how those things trickle down. But um, this this is the kind of game that I feel like is, is in its, in its own way, more approachable than, like, a Halo or a Call of Duty. Actually, one of the commenters um um and my review was saying like good luck playing call of duty uh again and 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 it, it's a dead on point it's like yeah you know this is the um the, the flotsam and jetsam of all the escapism that we get in in these other kind of big blockbuster action games you know this is what's happening on the fringes and i think it's and that kind of idea makes it uh A really really compelling experience like I will show this to non video game friends of mine if only for like 10 or 15 minutes so they can be like oh yeah you know what this is this is the the medium is capable of this too
1: yeah I I think a lot of people still even if they they don't realize it treat video games like toys Um, so they want them to be uh, you know very light fun silly and, and you know, and, and empowering, and, and you know, creative and imaginative as well. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a, a, a toy-like video game, but I think it, like any you know, piece of literature or, or a film or a bit of music, it can be so much more than that. Uh, it can you know, it express feelings and sentiments. It can talk about uh, big things like war and politics and sexuality. Um, so I, I don't think it, it needs to be restricted to things that are just fun. But I completely understand why someone would only want to have a fun experience. So I, I don't think there is a kind of a way to really respond to someone saying that. Because that is just, that's how they play games. And that, that maybe is, is how they'll always play games. And you can't necessarily change their mind. That's just what they want out of the medium. Uh, but yeah, it can definitely be so much more. Um, but it's it's definitely not fun uh it, it's not like uh, cuz you you said um that it's you know playing call of duty for you wasn't necessarily fun and this is maybe more uh fun than that uh but it's still it, it's not easy going on you it, it, it's emotionally exhausting uh and it is kind of hard to say to someone you you should go and play this for an hour you'll come back and you'll feel just absolutely shit about everything that's <laughs> not a very nice prospect uh, but I, I, it, it, it does things that, that a lot of other games have, have failed to do. And I think it does it a lot better than say, like, the, you mentioned The the Last of Us, which I absolutely love. But that's still very much survival through the lens of Hollywood. Um, it's action-packed. It's empowering. It's all big big set pieces and speeches and, you know big moments where this war of mine is, you know, it's a, it's a management game. Uh, it's, 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 it's very different. Uh, and you have these, you know, big, I think it's what makes it special is that you are not a character. You are controlling a bunch of characters. So it makes everything you do feel a little bit more important because all of these lives are on the line. That's a great point about the, the the
0: tyranny of fun, and I I do. You know, like, I, I understand why that impulse to to be like, I just, I just, like, my day is hard enough. I, uh, you know, I just, I do not feel like handling this kind of entertainment. I mean, there's a reason my DVR is full of Arrow, episodes of Arrow and Agents of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. and not necessarily, like, you know, searing documentaries or something like that. Uh, so I, I, I totally, I totally sympathize with that. Uh, but at the same time, I get a little frustrated or a little disappointed when... I do hear that reaction because to me it just seems to sort of put such a hard cap on your interaction with, uh, you know, an art form. And in in turn, like also in a way like, you know, maybe your your openness to other perspectives. Because a lot of times they are unpleasant to to hear these other, to be exposed to these other experiences. Uh, But it can still be in a way you know, eye-opening and, um, you know, even in some ways affirming, like, again, the the fact that these, these carry, the, the fact that in this war of mine, you will have people sort of reaffirming their humanity in surprising ways, uh, can be, can be oddly uplifting, but, you know, I, the, I, you guys have, have made great points about, uh, about, uh, the, the role of fun in the, in this game, um, what I, what I will say is, uh, despite all that, I still found it kind of a fun game. Uh, just in terms of, like, the way it is designed as a survival game and, and resource management, uh, I am shocked at how engaging that part of the game is. Like, it's, it, like, once things start to go wrong, the tailspin of despair is pretty awful. Like, as your party is, is kind of dying, uh, it is a tough game to continue playing. I've definitely been where you're at, Evan, where I've got a playthrough just paused. Because I know, when I go back in, people are still going to be starving. Still knocking me bandages, um, and I have no idea how to get the next meal. No idea. Um, but I think one of the reasons this game succeeds so well is that uh, in addition to those thematic, uh, the thematic uh, strength of the game and the, the intense sort of atmosphere it's got, um, is a, pr- a pretty demanding and interesting little like survival strategy game uh that's that's underscored by by all this other stuff so i i am really impressed by this game and uh you know i hope i hope a lot of people are able to overcome their desire to be the hero and have that have that sort of reassuring narrative and and give this a try because it is very different i think very worthwhile
2: yeah i'd agree on that 100 percent, definitely All right, I think
0: that will uh, wrap up our show for this week. Uh, Next week we will back with, I am almost certain, will be Valkyria Chronicles, uh, now that it's out on PC. Uh, Evan, thank you so much for getting up early and recording the show with us. Um, It was great finally talking to you.
2: Yeah, take it easy, guys. Thanks for having me on again. All right. Good night, everybody.